Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're listening to the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Boomtown Hoops Podcast. I am Steven, joined, as always, by Cade, Bobby, and Jackson. Guys, it's pretty much playoff time. We'll just go ahead and say that. We'll we'll take uh take our wins where we can. So, uh, Jackson, we'll start off with you. I mean, I mean, first, you know, be, being our uh, our betting expert here, uh, Thunder were what like was over under was like twenty two and a half, I believe, and now they're in the play, and so it, it it says a lot about the Thunder, right? Yes, it does. Um, before we start, I do want to just take a quick second to read a prepared statement. Um. I heard them hating. I didn't let it bother me. They thought I'd be on vacation, getting ready for the lottery. Every game that went by, we kept bringing up the rank. We were ready for war. They kept bringing up the tanks. That was by the great poet, um, Shay Gilgis Alexander. Um, yes, they thought we were going to be tanking. 22 and a half was the line. You could find it between 22 and a half and 24 and a half. Uh, if you asked me before the season, I'd tell you to take over 22 and a half. I probably told you to take under 24 and a half. I don't know. You know, I wrote something at some point. I don't think the website's still up, so don't worry about it. You know, we're here. Um, that never happened. Um, yeah. So over. You know, that was a question. Next year, put it as high as you want. I'm taking over. This team has blown away expectations, and the ceiling is only getting higher. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty crazy how they uh, blew past it. Um, I, I can't remember who originated this stat. I think it was uh, uh, good old Al ba- uh, Baby Cakes on Twitter. But I, um, the, what, 16 and a half um, overachievement actually matches that of the uh, 2010 Thunder, um, which is, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big leap, pretty big standard to uh, set for this team. So even though they, they didn't hit that 50 win mark, they still very much overachieved. I mean, I think I saw what 12 of 15 years of the Thunder being in Oklahoma City, they've achieved 40 wins and 11 of those seasons they made the play postseason, not really playing. And we can talk about that. Is there an asterisk of it being a postseason because it is the plan? But I think it's the new normal. So I think it is completely normal. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a word I'm going to use a lot today. And that word is relentless. And that is what helped them, you know, achieve a 40 win season uh, on top of, you know, over succeeding where the line was and where John Hollinger said we would be. Yeah, the years we've met the, missed the playoffs have been the inaugural year, uh, the COVID year, uh, where, you know, the season was shortened, nobody uh, in the arena at all, and then um, a year with a very short offseason. So there you go. Not that bad. Not that bad at all. Not bad for the black eye of the NBA. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> so, guys... But- Oh, go ahead, Bobby. I'm just going to say, what a run to get there, though, with uh, the Mavs just melting down the stretch. Like, so much has happened since we last spoke, I feel like. A lot. That was a – the way that transpired, I mean, it, it literally launched a league investigation on how embarrassing it was to the league. So, I mean, kind of crazy to shut down whenever you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, two premier scorers in the league, and their own regards, and you kind of just throw the season away. I mean, that's what happens when you can't stop a brick wall. I mean, anything could get past them – they can get through their defense, and they just couldn't stop anybody. I mean, their offense was really good. They had a lot of potential in their offense, but they really just could not get stops. And so I guess just foreshadowing that they probably wouldn't get past the play-in or first round, they just waved the waved the towel and called it a season. Wild stuff. Yeah, that was, that was something that uh, 
I, I was actually, I was at the the Phoenix game last Sunday and I kid you not during, ha- uh, I think it was halftime or something like that. I had my phone out watching the Dallas game. Cause I was like, all right, here we go. This, this, and it just kept going in overtime and may, I mean, it was, um, but yeah, I mean, very weird way for the thunder to, to, to basically clinch, uh, getting in, but overall, you know, Bobby, I, I think we'll take it, right? Oh yeah, every day I'll take it. I don't, I don't care. I, I know it's anticlimactic, you know, watching, you know, uh, that just shell of a Mavericks team on, uh, I feel Slovenian night, uh, just completely collapse. Uh, but you know, I'll look, I'll take it any day. And you know, I, I think I wrote, I wrote on Twitter, how poetic is it that the Thunder got into the play-in because another team. Not only tanked, but tanked because they were so desperate for one lottery pick, just for one top ten pick, that they threw away a pretty competitive team for it. It just it's it's unreal. It's incredible stuff. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited for basketball. It was it was confusing as hell to watch. They tried against the Kings, beat the Kings, and then decided to roll over for no reason. But look, even though this team is limping into the play-in, they've had a lot of rest. They haven't uh, played since uh, Thursday, so hopefully we uh, are rejuvenated and come in and uh, get a really strong performance here in New Orleans. Yeah, the thing about the Mavs is, let's say what we want, but Isaiah Joe sealed their fate. October 29th, down 16 with five minutes left. Isaiah Joe comes in, lights him up. We win in overtime. And really that, I mean, if you look back in the course of a long season, a game like that actually sticks out when, when people talk about how meaningless the NBA regular season is. Like, at the end of the day, like, games matter. And you can throw them away as much as you want, but, like, games matter and guys stepping up count. And truly poetic justice would be the Mavs tanking and then getting the 11 pick and losing their pick. That would be fun. We'll see, you know. Especially. We Especially to the to the Knicks who just took uh, Brunson. Oh, it'd be extra salt in the wound. Oh, yeah. But little did, like you said, little did the Mavs know it was all Jover uh, back in Octo- on October 29th. Isaiah Joe put him away. Yeah, I deserve that boo. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, basically, we'll just jump right in. Uh, to this uh, preview of the play-in against the New Orleans Pelicans. Guys, I'll kind of just let you just uh, just take over from here. Uh, Kate, I'll let you go ahead and kind of start off uh, since you uh, kind of got to write about that with uh, for, for SI Thunder. So I'll let you hop in, and guys, feel free to just hop in whenever. I'll just start off with my, uh, you know, stat to watch, or even really, you know, the key of the game is, Watch how many minutes Isaiah Joe does get. It's going to be a short rotation. You know, even Aaron Wiggins, who does great in his, you know, time played, he might not get that much burn. I mean, the, the rotation is going to get that short. And, you know, with need of size and or effort, Isaiah Joe is that guy. He's going to plug in. He's going to play within the system offensively and defensively. He's going to give you effort the entire game. And evidently, he's going to give you more insight on defense than a guy like Aaron Wiggins is while he's going to provide, you know, elite spacing, like 40-point-something percent shooting from beyond the arc spacing. So um, the guy I'm looking to watch is, you know, Isaiah Joe, how much does he play and what kind of impact does he have, not only shooting the ball, but everywhere else? Yeah. And who, how short do you think this rotation gets? Because that's something I've been thinking about as we get ready for the game. I mean, obviously, you, know, you, you shorten the bench. Do you think it's eight? Do you think it's nine? Like, 
Obviously, you know, the five are staying the same, but like who are the guys off the bench that you think actually play? I mean, Joe would be one. Like who else do you think gets burned? I mean, I want to give it 10 as in like a, there's probably going to be two guys that get like less than five minutes each just to like plug in, like maybe a Lindy at the end of the quarter to try and get a three or a Dario Sarge because we're getting killed inside and we need, you know, just a different big body to throw at them to kind of weather the storm. So I'll go with 10 with those two as the bottom two. Give me Joe. I don't really know. Maybe Ush gets thrown there for, you know, eight to 10 minutes. I really don't know right right now what I'm looking like, but that's three, you know, kind of plug and play guys at random different eight to 10 minute increments. And then, you know, give me Joe and I might even could see JRE not getting the minutes over Olivier Saar. I think Saar just because he's a bigger body in this specific game might get more minutes than JRE, which might be warranted considering he's proven himself as somebody who's going to come in with really long arms and is really tall. And don't forget uh, Saar and Butler are ineligible to play in the postseason because of uh, their two ways. So, so JRE it is then. Then not J- think about that. Oh, I don't like, I don't know how much I like that. Um, but also the the replacement is Olivier Saar, so uh, that's just kind of the state of things here. Um, I would I would see it getting to uh, eight nine. I, I I maybe not to ten. Usman Jang, he, he's just not. I don't think he's 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 not there yet uh, on the physicality. He's he's still incredibly green. Obviously, you can't play Poku. He he's out anyways. Um, I, I I definitely could see Waters getting like a little like some minutes in there, mm-hmm. throw him out. If he hits a three or two, he's kind of like the groundhog, you know, you, you know what you're going to get pretty quickly. He'll come out, you know, if he, if he hits, if he, if he hits his first shot, you know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a long spring. We're going on a playoff run where he's, he's fire. If he misses two shots, pull him out. That's more six more weeks, weeks of winter for him. Um, just because he, he, he's that instantly, you can instantly tell what type of Lindy night it's going to be with him. Um, but beyond that, I think it's going to be a pretty tight eight. Uh, we'll see how it is. I know in this in the regular season series, the Thunder have done a really, really good job of playing uh, uh, Valanciunas off the court entirely with small lineups. Uh, that might change. Uh, Valanciunas it has been pretty solid for the Pels, but and can have an advantage there if he really imposes his will. But so what we've seen in the regular season, that hasn't been the case. Granted. You never know what happens in a one-get-one-off play-in. You never know what happens in the postseason. Things change. We, as Thunder fans, know this from a lot of our recent excursions uh, into the playoff, uh, particularly the two with Russ and uh, PG. Great regular seasons against the Jazz and the Blazers. Horrible in the postseason. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, I I think about an eight-man, eight-man, nine Okay, so... How often do we see Jalen Williams at center? Because without Saar, I don't think Saar is going to get a ton of burn. I mean, I think he's literally just a veteran presence that might get a few minutes here and there. Kind of like, you know, how am I use Lindy to just a shoe? If he's not doing that, what is he doing? So kind of don't play him. I think we see it a lot. I mean, they're going to attack JV hard in the paint from every angle, cutting, driving, anything, they, any way they can to play him off the court. And, you know, it's going to force him down to a different player coming in there. So, I mean, how often are we going to see that small of a lineup that, you know, J-Dub is playing the five? J-Dub or Getty has to be yeah or even that little three two that they run yeah yeah i could i i, I could see the thunder going hyper small here and i i kind of think that might be the move all things considered and just kind of hope it works um especially because i feel like giddy giddy's gonna be interesting because i feel like they're gonna try to leave him open force him to make shots they're gonna force dort to to, to try to make some shots and um they're gonna have to either pass him up or or make him 
and it's going to be pretty intriguing to see how that happens. I don't think you can pass them up. I mean, you look at, you know, very specifically the last time we were in the postseason, that Houston series, you get Lou Dort go 2 of 15 one game or whatever he was. Then he turns around and scores 30 on him, however many made threes. The difference was they left him open and he took advantage. You have to shoot those shots because if not, it completely disrupts the flow of the offense. And we can't have that in a one game. You just have to let it fire and hope for the best. Um, I do think one major key could be if any of J-Dub, Giddy, or Dort, even I'll rope him in there, can get a 20-point game at all, you know, on 15 or less shots. I think that is a very winnable game. And essentially, they're going to have to play long, not tall, even though they're not very long, and force a bunch of turnovers like we've seen them do and, you know, really take care of the ball, which is hard to do for a young team. And that, that really is going to hurt them here, having such youth. But I think, realistically, if you take care of the ball and you force turnovers, you put yourself in a position to win this game by scoring a lot of points. If Lou Dort shoots 2 of 15, I promise you I'll cut my eyes out. I can't. I can't. Yeah, what if we get a 30-point game? What if we get a 30-point game? Then what happens? Then Stephen cut this part out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he shoots 2 of 15. I can't do it. It's right. so feast or famine with him. Right. But you're right. You can't have him, like, passing up those shots because if you – you know, if you're too scared to shoot it in a, in a moment like that, then you shouldn't be out there. And that's kind of – Exactly. Well, guys in the past do that. That, that gets him off the court. And then, then you're relying on Jalen Williams, who has one of the longer wingspans, to be the point of attack defender. When realistically, you want Jalen Williams, you know, maybe put him on a point guard or something. But, like, you want door on Brendan Ingram. And if you have Jalen Williams there, Jalen Williams can't help under Brendan Ingram off his guy and recover, which Jalen Williams has been really good at. And I, realistically, that just breaks the mold of the entire defense, which is going to help them win this game. Because the Pelicans are going to have a lot easier of a time start, stopping the Thunder then the Thunder will stop in the Pelicans. So I think everything has to go nearly perfect defensively for the Thunder to win this game. Yeah, Jackson, I think uh, if he drops a 30-piece, you have to get a customized uh, Lou Dort uh, Richmond Flying Squirrels jersey. Yep. There you go. We'll tie, tie back in Absolutely. to real life. But yeah, yeah, I mean, guys, looking at it, I mean, you know, they're, you know, their most common lineup for the Pelicans. You know, you got CJ at the point, Herb Jones at, at, at shooting guard, Brandon, you know, Ingram at, at the three, Trey Murphy at at power forward and then then Valanciunas at the five so I mean like you, you know we kind of just dove into it but you know it I would assume that Dort is taking CJ and then they'll or, or ha, I mean ha, how defensively would we would we line up with them at least five on five to me I think you just probably have to throw a ton of different bodies not a ton of different bodies two different bodies a ton of different ways in Ingram yeah. um Obviously, you you lean towards Dort, um, but in the past, Ingram has shot over him and hasn't had a ton of difficulty. Um, so I think you definitely give Dort some minutes there, but I also wouldn't mind seeing J Dub, um, you know, with a little more size at least at points. I think there's no like you have to have one of those two on him at all times, um, and then you kind of work around it. Say, I mean, you know, if you put Dort on McCollum, that probably shuts him down. And then, to me, and this is not my UVA homerisms, but Trey Murphy, like, he's one of the guys that really scares me because he can score in a variety of ways. He's long. And if you have Dort on the column and J-Dub on Ingram, some variation of that, like, who's guarding, who's drawing that assignment? Is it Shea or is it Giddy? Probably Shea, I would think. But, you know, Either of those, like it's a, not necessarily the easiest matchup. So, um, I I don't dislike our chances. It's not that, but 
New Orleans has a lot of guys that kind of scare me a little bit. I mean, I think I, I'm looking at it holistically. I'm putting Dort on Brendan Ingram to stay in front of Ingram, and I'm throwing everyone else at them to help him shoot tough shots. Because, I mean, look at those games that Brendan Ingram went off. He was shooting a very high degree of difficulty of shots. Like, I mean, they were really tough shots. They fade away is that I don't know how we got them off, and they went in. Over Dort, of course, he's taller. But I think you keep Dort on him. Try and keep him in front of him. Obviously, Jadup's going to pick up the assignment a few times. Or even Shea, just be active with your hands. But I think you just throw as much as you can at him and really, really hope that Brandon Ingram's help is not knocking down threes at an elite lit, in an elite rate because if so, this game could get ugly quick. But I think you just throw the door out there and hope for the best. And then, like like I said with Jalen Williams, like put him on McCall, I'm sure, but he's going to have to help off or at least jab, show, you know, use his link to show, come back. I, it's not really an easy thing to, you know, game plan for, but you kind of just have to hope that things go your way with what you're throwing out there. And I'll say this, it's going to be, really difficult to game plan for it because the Thunder haven't played the Pelicans once this season where Ingram and McCollum both played mm. uh, across all four matchups. It's either Ingram plays and then McCollum and Zion are out or well, Zion's out, been out all but yeah. one uh, because you know, Zion uh, or it's uh, we, we've seen a lot more CJ we've seen CJ and I believe um, I believe all three. Um, so it's going to be really difficult dealing with both of them at once. And it's going to be a task. You know, Jalen Williams is going to have to step up. Uh, Lou Dort, we, we don't have two Dorts for better or for worse. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be a learning lesson. It's it, a learning lesson. It's going to be a lesson to be learned for sure. Uh, and I think uh, I think the Thunder have a, have a lot on their plate defensively. Well, and, and I think too to Bobby to kind of touch on your point of of using J Dub, and I, th- I mean I think all you guys talked about it, but I mean from what I was able to watch um, against the Suns, I mean I thought that J Dub did, I mean he he did decent for a rookie against KD. So I mean I that that gives me a little bit of hope. Maybe that's some um, Boomtown Hoops Rookie of the Year uh, homerism there, but I, I'm I, I don't you know. I don't think he needs to completely shut him down, but I think he can shut him down enough to help weather it when Dort's not on him. 100%. And I mean, like you said, like there, there's not necessarily a stopping Brendan Ingram, and he's going to hit tough, shot, tough shots left and right. But Jada, he's not quite as good of a point of attack defender as Lou Dort, but he's very serviceable, still a really good defender, and he's going to make times tough for Ingram. But I think what you're really hoping on is, I mean, just use your link the best you can, you know, make the shots uncomfortable. That's all he can really do. He's not going to do as good as staying in front of him, but when he's there, he's going to make shots tougher. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's he, that length is going to make anything tough on anyone, mm-hmm. he, even though, you know, BI is, you know, uh, uh, just crazy long. Um, but I agree. I, I think, I think uh, J-Dub's um, kind of trial by fire experience with guarding Kevin Durant uh, definitely will help a little bit. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes down. The, the thing that's crazy about this play in, there's not time to adjust. There's not time to settle into a series and l- learn stuff from game one and apply it to game two. You got to sort it out on the fly. And I think uh, for Coach Dagnall, who, you know, really has never coached in a game this large uh, as a head coach, he's never been in a win or go home. Uh, if you look at, if you look at his history, it's like, yeah, you've been with the blue and you've, you know, uh, gone up through the Donovan uh, system and everything, but he's never been the main guy for a situation like this at all. 
Um, so I'm incredibly excited to see how he adjusts uh, in game uh, against Willie Green and sorts things out uh, in in this uh, do or die game uh, because the, the team's gonna have to figure it out. If something's not working, if their original game plan's not working, you got to make uh, changes in in game and adjust. Um, so hopefully uh, J Dub's up for the task. I'm weirdly comfortable with Dagna in this game, you know, being able to not only bring up a, a good game plan, but once Willie Green punches with swings a punch with, you know, a, a, an adjustment that Dagna will return with an even better one or one that, you know, at least matches it to an extent to keep this game close. One of the things I think I've been most excited about in preparing for this game, because it really, we've seen two guys in the entire organization, more or less like have playoff experience. And that was Dort and Shea in the bubble and even then you know they weren't necessarily the focal points i mean they were they played crucial roles but they weren't you know the guy um so i think more than anything i'm just excited to see how they handle it but i am very excited to see how um Dagnall does in a situation like this because this well the plane you know still relatively new it's still more of like almost a college type you know one game so you throw it out there you see what you got and then you have to do it again um so I think I'm excited to see how everybody handles it, but I'm excited to kind of see how the adjustments are handled and, you know, what the initial plan is and then how you shift plan B to plan C and just kind of adapt throughout the game. Because we've seen all year, you know, being the best or one of the best third quarter teams in the league, like the halftime adjustments are there. Um, can you make them throughout? Because that's a game like this, especially a team as young as we are. Um, against a team with some very experienced guys like Ingram, like McCollum, like you've got to be ready. Like how ready is this team? I know there was a report from practicing. Jacob said yesterday it was the most intense practice they've had in a long time. Like it seems like the guys are ready. Like I'm excited to see, you know, how ready they are. I mean, I listened to the franchise today and they said the two, the two big keys in this game, Dagnall and Shea. And let's look at Shea's history in the playoffs. I mean, he had a great game against a monster of a team in Golden State his rookie year where they had a huge comeback and they took down a fully healthy Warriors team that went on to win a championship. I think no, actually, no, they lost that season, but they would have won despite injuries. Anywho, they're capable. I mean, he's capable. He's capable of putting up big games on the biggest stage. And then, you know, the very next season, sure. Chris Paul was the driver of the team, but Shea was a leading scorer. Shea had some big moments, you know, in those games. I mean, incredible all around work from Shea in playoffs he hasn't been the guy, so I understand that. He hasn't been the guy in a situation like this. And so I'm really excited personally to see how he comes out and plays, you know, what kind of aggression, what kind of – does he set the tone early? You know, is he the same two-way shape we've seen all season? Because he probably is gassed. I mean, it was a big in March and April, you know, stretch for the Thunder with a lot of winning, but a lot of turn, quick turnarounds, you know. He was visibly gassed in their last game. So he's had a little bit of rest here and there. So let's see what kind of intensity he brings early on as a two-way player, as he star player, you know, to help set the tone. Yeah, and, you know, Herb Jones – you know, old not on Herb, uh, as they say, uh, is going to be a that's a tough defensive task uh, to go up against. He's he's going to be good. Uh, but here's the thing is Shea has he's averaged, what, 34 against the Pelicans this season, uh, has his career high against the Pelicans that he put up this season on them. So he has scored very well against New Orleans. Obviously, this is a different circumstance. You know, the pressure is cranked up. Um, but this is a moment. This is a moment. If you, if you're a superstar, you crave and you live for these moments. And, um, I don't know. I'm excited to see Shay. If he, if he steps up and takes it. Um, yeah. 
and I, I, I fully believe he can. Yeah, I, I mean, they've I they've think. done doubles. I mean, like they've done doubles, and he's beat them. I mean, he beats them from the full court. He beats them wherever they throw it, and he's he talked about it at a practice today. Yep, they've they're they're preparing for that, and they've got ways to attack it. And the the difference between like the Shea and the team is like Shea, like the team, has eight different ways he's going to attack it. He's got every angle he's going to look at, and he's going to read, and he's going to he's going to break it down by himself and with the team. Yeah, and I, I believe they mentioned the uh, Pels have doubled him more than any other team. Jackson, you, you're you're mentioning something. I apologize. What were you what no, were you're, you saying? You're good. It was you kind of in line with that. Say, so, yeah, I mean, like you know, New Orleans doubles him more than anyone else. Um, somebody's got to step up. You know, he's gonna. You hope, obviously, you know, he's all in BHA. Like we're, we're looking at you know first team most likely. Um, so he's the guy, and he's got to make plays as the guy. Um, but you don't necessarily want him falling into the trap of like being doubled and just like, Hey, I've got to make something happen. Like somebody else has to step up, you know, if it's Giddy, if it's Dort, you know, the guys around also like, you know, we have to hit open shots. Um, you know, all your guys have been getting him in different positions. Like they're not going to leave Joe open. That's not, he's not going to get the same looks he has. They're going to, you know, cover Joe to leave Dort, to leave Giddy. Like somebody's going to have to step up and make plays around them. Um, but I think guys are capable. I don't think anybody's afraid of the moment on this team. Um, it's not a position we've been in, but like, is there anybody you look at and go, this guy's not ready for it? I mean, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see, but there hasn't been a position that we've been in where I go, this guy doesn't look like he should be out there. He looks like he's afraid of the moment. I mean, that kind of backtracks to what I said earlier, and that, that's right in line with my point of if you get 20 from one of the next three guys of um, Giddy. J-Dub or Dorr. I mean, that's that's the key to the game. You win if that happens, and that kind of is in line with that. He's going to see the doubles, and the team's going to attack from it, but which guy is it that's stepping up and making the plays? And like you said, this team, every single one of them is relentless with their approach. They're going to make times tough. They're going to make sure this game's close. I mean, we've seen it all season. They've roasted, you know, pretty much every challenge. Of course, there's that two-game skid that, you know, if they didn't lose those two games, my prediction would have been spot on with my final record, but that's besides the point, and it didn't really affect anything, um, but like – in most circumstances this season, they've stepped up to the challenge. And I think that's what we're going to see from every player top to bottom. And whether win or lose, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game. And, hey, if they lose, there's going to be a sour taste in their mouth that they want to get out next season when we get Chad Holmgren and, you know, whatever pick comes in. Yeah, absolutely. We're playing with house money at this point. Uh, getting that experience, getting that taste um, of being that close to the playoffs, mm. of feeling that type of basketball you you can't replicate you cannot replicate it um so i i think no matter what happens either it's more playoff basketball you know or, or, sorry postseason basketball or you have a hell of a motivating point regardless um n- nothing bad can come out of this season the rest of the way uh i i believe so i'm excited to see what they do i'm excited to see uh how these young guns uh stand up to the test it's gonna be gonna be a fun night as presley mentioned it's it's been an arrival absolutely and and jackson you mentioned out i I pulled up an article um from john hollinger he he released all his and he's got shea on first team all nba so that was one i'm like okay that's that's a start. So he and he also had degnall as second as of coach of the year so i thought that I mean, you know, going back to what we started talking about, I think that says a lot about where the Thunder have positioned themselves, not only in this year, but in the upcoming years also. 
Yeah, I know Simmons and Ursula both had him first team, and they both had him fifth and also or in MVP voting. Dagnall, I think, is probably going to be a a pretty universal second and coach of the year pick. Um, hard to argue with Mike Brown, but um, I I mean the accolades have been there. Like Bobby said, you know, it, we are playing with house money, but the thing about house money is you still want that money to keep growing. You know, um, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but like, God, it's fun to have like a, the thunder and a do or die game again. Like it's the nerves are there. It's exciting. I like, you know, get me through the work day tomorrow because I'm ready to watch some serious basketball. I've been, I've been having that anxiety all day. I'm ready to go. I'm so ready to go. I'm like, get these games out of the way. I'm ready to get to it. Just, ugh. I, I, I miss it. I miss that important basketball and uh, just ready to see what happens. Schedule the J-Wheel drawn charge tweet and the Isaiah Joe timely three-pointer tweet and you'll be ready to go. <laughs> so Love it. Uh, a fun fact, and, and you guys might know this, I just have been following that close, but um, the drunken dribbler, Corey Brewer, did you guys know that he's a uh, assistant coach on the Pelicans? No way. I feel That's... like I saw him a picture of him practicing and maybe against Zion when in his first return, you know, kind of doing a little bit of light one on one with him. So I feel like I saw that somewhere. I remember being convinced that Corey Brewer was going to make a difference in like 2013, 14. He was the missing piece. He was the missing piece. He was, he was one of the many missing. Actually, no, it was 13. That's what it was. Because 14, we had Karan Butler. He was the missing piece of 2014. Oh, jeez. Uh, yep. Corey Brewer, yeah. Oh, man. Every year, it's it, it was it was someone back in the day. <laughs> All right, guys. So, circling, oh, yep. Yeah. Sorry, text, go ahead. Back to Kate, Kate talking about J-Lo scheduling the uh, drawn charge tweet. Uh, we did kind of gloss over uh, Bobby taking a charge the other night. Um, you oh, know, yes. some TV time. <laughs> I, I did my best and I, I, I've gone back, reviewed the tape. So yeah, in, in case you don't know, you probably don't unless you, you know, religiously follow, you know, my Twitter account or something. But I, um, I got, I got, I got it. Um, I got run over by Killian Hayes. Uh, I had a drink a vodka soda. It was, it was not a beer. And uh, a good quarter of it, a good quarter, half of it spilled out because it was in, it was in my left hand. He went right over my left shoulder and held on to it all the way. Just kind of hopped up a little bit, spilled a little bit. That's fine. Um, still waiting on that Venmo request though, Killian, uh, please uh, send that back. It was like a $10 drink. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, no, I, I got, I got clowned on a little bit by uh, Mike Cage and uh, Chris Fisher. But here's the thing. Look at the angles. I did my best. Uh, it was an unavoidable situation. And I got to say, I, I, I'm just glad that the angle didn't show that there was a, uh, which I'm very thankful for. It could have been worse because there was a small child behind me. And as I was ducking out of the way, I thought I was inches away from moving out of the way and letting this <laughs> NBA player completely bulldoze this like eight year old girl. Like now, that would have been far worse than spilling a little bit of a drink. So I'm very thankful that did, that happened. But well, um, uh, Bobby, I'm pretty sure that that Cage was pretty adamant about you should get uh, a replacement drink and then a, another one on the house type of thing. So I think Cage was sticking up for you. Okay, but... good. 
I'm, ca- I'm calling a flagrant. You know, he kind of went into the contact a little bit. You know, maybe there was a motive behind it, but I'm calling the flagrant. Flagrant two at that. I, I, hey, I'm, I'm for it. I, uh, <laughs> I did my best. I, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I, what's the cur- what, what's the term, uh, unnatural and unnecessary contact. I would, I would consider it to be that. That was, that was a little much. Also, you're the Pistons. You're losing. Why are you diving into the crowd to go after <laughs> a ball, Killian? True. Like what? Why do you have to try? Don't be, don't be a try hard. Your season's over. <laughs> All right, guys. So obviously, we've got to make our predictions um, for the game. Uh, currently, uh, as we record this at nine o'clock central on Tuesday night, Thunder are a five and a half point dog. So, uh, Jackson, I'll I'll start with you. Uh, number one, do the Thunder cover and do the Thunder win? Yes, they cover. Uh, I I don't think they win. Um, as sad as that is to say. Um, I, I think this group keeps it close. I think they play hard. Um, you know, they play hard in every situation. You know, they don't, they never say die. Um, but I think the experience and the shot making um, of CJ and of Ingram kind of is at a level that we only have in Shea. So at that point in time, you know, you have, you know, two guys who can get you a bucket in a lot of ways against one. I think we have guys who can get to that level, uh, but I don't think they're there yet. And as fun as this season has been, and hopefully we're here, you know, in two nights talking about whoever. I I kind of just I think we keep it close, but I just I don't know that we're able to pull it out. I I'm with you. I think Ingram and McCollum will just be too much. Um... The Thunder won't have enough defense to stop them, I don't think. I think Shea will have a hell of a game, an incredible game. I think it goes down to the wire. Um, in fact, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you exactly how this is going to end right now. I'm going to see into the future. Read the tea leaves. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, last possession of the game, drives in. Ball, go, b- ball goes in, halfway down, rims out, time expires. We, are, uh, we get ready for the next year. Uh, because, I don't know, sometimes... Sometimes with a with a storybook season, when things go great, the only way it ends. He probably put bad juju in the air, and we lost him. Yep, yep. The the basketball gods don't like what Bobby's saying. They do not. Or the NBA has, or Bobby found the NBA script from Killian Hayes and uh, Adam Adam Silver says, no way. I was about to say, did we get Adam Silver on the, is this an open Zoom? Is Adam Silver's presence here? (laughs) Tell you one thing, it just, it made me sad. So, you know what, look, I'm kind of glad, you know, if we're going to lose, if we lose in that way, I'm going to be sad. You know what? You know, we'll watch it back and be like, dang, Shea got contact. Should have been fouled. Should have got free throws. But nope, that's not what we're going to get. Because Bobby made us all sad tonight. And when I lay in bed getting ready, like thinking about the game tomorrow, I'll be like, dang, that shot went down. And then it didn't. That gone to Bobby. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking a very similar thing. I thought Bobby was going to echo what I was going to say. I'm thinking Shea gets thrown a double team, last possession, throws it off. Someone barely misses a three. And boom, that's the season. That's where I was going to go with it. I thought Bobby was going to say something way too similar. So I thought I was going to steal that. But, yeah, I think they cover the spread and lose the game. 
Okay, what was the last bit of me that you heard? Because I, I was preaching some heartbreak, and then my uh, computer just combusted on me. Right oh, as we... you said, it rims out. I'm pretty sure it started cutting out. Yeah, yeah. Bobby, we, we also thought that uh, that you got the NBA script from Killian Hayes, and uh, the NBA found out and cut your audio. Adam Adam is not happy. <laughs> it, fell, it fell out of his pocket. I read the whole thing. I'm pretty bummed. Uh, part, I, I, I only have it about a three and a half five, uh, stars out of five, but no, yeah, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. It, it rims out. And, uh, I was weirdly enough saying not all, sometimes the, the good, the good story, the happy ending, uh, doesn't come until the sequel. So exactly. That's what I'm going to say. Set up the story for the next one. Yep. There you go. But yeah, no, the, the NBA is trying to take me out folks. You heard it here first. Like to hit the like three quarter court shot to beat us. Like, oh man, year, if that, right? if that, oh, they've had yeah. playing experience, they're going to get in that situation, they're going to be ready to knock that down. Yeah, <laughs> the three quarter court shot, be ready. <laughs> they've been running all practice all day. That's the end of their shoot around. Can't live till someone makes it. <laughs> DY is going to get a strongly worded text that's saying, like, you went behind our back to like leak out, leak out, leak, leak out the script. Like, what's going on? Sorry, sorry, Thunder PR. Sorry, Thunder PR. We 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 had to let the people know. We didn't want them to be too heartbroken. Forewarning, that's all. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, guys, appreciate you. Oh, here. I'll I'll, I'll be the voice of positivity. Thunder cover and they win. There you go. I'll, somebody's gotta the do it on one. this one. The so only one. Might as well be me. So well, Jackson, Bobby, Kate, appreciate you guys hopping on with us this week. Um Planning for a Thursday show uh, to come out Friday if all schedules line out and we go the way this wants it to go, truly. So uh, for the guys, we appreciate y'all listening and we will talk to you guys next week.